it, it changed the way I painted too. And I think for the best, you know, I, I'm not giving myself any time to overthink things. Um, and I'm not giving myself any time for better or worse to mess up. Welcome to Mother Maker, a podcast featuring conversations with artists who are also mothers. This is episode nine, and today I'll be sharing my conversation with Brooklyn artist Melissa Murray. My name is Emma Coy, and I'm a musician and performance artist from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I live with my husband Jason, our four-year-old son Henry, and a new baby daughter Susanna, who is just about to turn six months. Yes, I can't believe it's already been six months since Susanna was born. I was just talking with a friend, and we were kind of talking about how with the second baby, it kind of feels much harder to bond with the baby because you're you're just faced with a lot of distractions that you weren't with the first one. With Henry, I felt like time went so slow. Uh, The first year just kind of dragged on and on and on for me, and it was really hard. And with Susanna, it's just kind of a whirlwind. It's going really fast. And I sometimes feel like I can't, I'm not even connecting with her in the same way that I did with Henry. I wonder if anybody out there feels the same way. One thing that we're doing that's really helpful is taking a mommy and me kind of dance and tumbling class um, at a place called My Gym. If you've got it in your area, definitely check it out. It's been really great for us, and I find that the classes are well-researched and um, taught really well and age-appropriate for all the different ages. So Henry goes to his class, and then afterwards I go to the mommy and me class with Susanna, and it's kind of like the place where her and I can bond each week, where we can be just the two of us connecting, smiling, laughing at each other, and I'm learning new things and new ways to interact with babies that I didn't know before. So that's been really, really helpful for us. So this time around, we're actually spending much of this maternity leave with my husband's parents in Orlando, Florida. We decided to extend my maternity leave, make things a little bit simpler, and be in warm weather, get out of the winter for once. This is kind of the only time we'll be able to do this while our son is young enough to pull from school. And the baby stage is so difficult, so I decided why make it more stressful by trying to pressure myself to perform and teach in the same way. So I'm doing a little bit of teaching here and there, but for the most part, I'm just kind of taking this time off, and it's um, it's what makes sense for our family. So it's kind of good to be a way to focus just on connecting with Susanna, and now I'm starting to get back into the groove, kind of pull together a daily flute practice. I have a concerto coming up in May, so I'm preparing for that. And it's been really good to have a little bit of time just to be mom. And now it's great to start to get back into the swing of things and do the things that I love. I kind of have learned through all of the interviews that I've done that there's no shame in taking a break and there's no shame in putting your craft down for a time because becoming a parent is so incredibly difficult. It's such a huge hit emotionally, physically, and it's incredibly demanding. And there's no reason to overload yourself and your craft will be there when you get back. So I am trying really hard to embrace that advice and know that this time is time I don't get back with my kids. So 
that's what's right for me. I wonder if anybody else has done the same thing, kind of taken extended maternity leave to connect with your kids in a different way. And I know that doesn't work for everybody. Some people need to get back to work right away to kind of feel normal. Um, so, you know, there's all different journeys out there. That's what Mother Maker is all about. So just a reminder, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. Your reviews really do help us get seen by more people. If you've got a friend who you think would enjoy, please go ahead and send it their way and ask them to rate and review as well. We thank you so very much for doing that. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Brooklyn artist Melissa Murray. This interview with Melissa Murray was recorded on November 6th, 2019, so you'll hear a little four-month-old Susanna in and out of the interview. First she's crying, then I pick her up, and then eventually I nurse her and she falls asleep. So um, thanks for bearing with me with that. And Melissa also just went with the flow on this completely comfortable continuing our conversation over the occasional cry, and that's, you know, that's what this is all about. I did take a long break from the podcast and from Mother Maker much longer than I anticipated, Um, but every time I come back to working on these interviews, I am reminded that this work is so very important. You know, moms are really, really tough, and we push through. Sometimes it's really hard to even articulate if you're having a hard time or if you're struggling or why you're struggling or how someone else could even help So sometimes it feels easier just to do everything yourself, even if you're doing it through tears. And I speak to these women and I hear things that I don't often hear being talked about, even in social media. And every time I have a conversation with another mother artist, I feel like I'm connected to somebody else. And I feel really glad that I can share those conversations with you so that maybe someone out there feels a little bit less alone as well. Um, So if you've got feedback about this episode or the podcast in general, there are lots of ways to get in touch with me and the Mother Maker team. You can send me an email at emma at mothermaker.co. We're also on Facebook at Mother Maker Co. and Instagram at Mother Maker. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter by going to mothermaker.co and clicking newsletter in the upper right-hand corner. By joining our mailing list, you're getting new interviews delivered to your inbox as soon as they're released every other Friday. We also publish these interviews in text form because I know a lot of you are consuming your content while nursing or feeding your babies, and we don't always have the opportunity to listen. So they're there for you to read as well, along with photos of the artist's work right on the website too. So if you're looking for a community of mother artists, please join our Facebook group, Mother Maker Artists Raising Humans. This is a group of women from all over the world. We share our work each week and we encourage each other and we would love to have you join us. Just search for Mother Maker Artists Raising Humans on Facebook. So now here's my conversation with Melissa Murray. Hi. All right. Um, Just one sec. I've got the baby right next to me. Oh, that's great. How is she doing? She's doing great. She she was like sound asleep this time yesterday, so I was really hopeful she'd do it again. Yeah. Nope. No. <laughs> but she's about she's about ready to fall asleep. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so grateful that you reached out to me because I was on this like hiatus. And, you know, after having a baby sure. yeah. <laughs> and I'm you familiar. kind of were the, the catalyst to get this thing going again. 
So Good. thanks for Good. reaching out. Yeah, these podcasts were were a lifeline for me. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know you know how it is. It's hard. It is um, finding your people that are doing the same thing you're doing. So uh, they're great. Thank you. Happy to uh, be involved. It's always really really nice to hear that because you put these things out and you just have no idea if it's reaching anybody. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's just a passion project for me. So that's, that's really great. Thank you so much. Good. It's my pleasure. So you're in New York. I'm in New York. Uh, I live in Brooklyn. Uh, we've been here the, since 2015. I mean, 2005, 2005. Yeah. Um, I grew up in New York. Um, I grew up in Peekskill. It's about an hour and a half upstate. Um, and then bounced around for a bit. Uh, and ended up here. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Susanna. <laughs> oh, she's, really. she's getting to fall asleep too. You know what? I'm just going to hold her. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Sorry, Melissa. No, so, why you this is the life, <laughs> right? Here. Uh, here, look. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> okay so that's what I was going to ask you is you grew up so you grew up upstate I grew up upstate about an hour and a half upstate um and then quickly moved when I was 18 and headed even further upstate and I met my husband my my later to be husband shortly after and um we were bounced around a bit and lived in Massachusetts and just in, you know, early 2000s ended up in Brooklyn. So um, we've been there ever since. Did you ever have questions about whether or not you should stay there when you're ready to have kids? Uh, yeah, actually, we have that conversation daily. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, because Bushwick is, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a tough neighborhood, but it has so much fantastic art and culture and food and things to do but when you're a parent those things you know you have to pay a babysitter and things are not as easy so we have a little place upstate uh in the Catskills so we are always thinking should we move up that way what should we do uh, but it's hard to give up the culture here there's not as much culture once you leave the big city yeah of course and then you always say like well we can always just come back whenever we want, but in reality, yeah. it's not it's that hard. easy. It's not that easy anymore because yeah. my son, he's four and a half and he has his, you know, he has his friends and he has, we have his life to think about too, uprooting him or I don't know. He's kind of used to being a little city boy and being able to do, you know, go see dinosaurs one day, go see this, go, what, I mean, it might be a little bit of a culture shock to move him to the middle of the world. Totally. But, but he'd be fine. I think he'd be fine. He, he's so familiar with it. We try to go every weekend, so I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. So did you go to school for art? I did. I went to SUNY Purchase. Um, I graduated in 2006 with my BFA. I have not gotten an MFA. Um, at the time, just never seemed right to take on more debt. So yeah, I went there. Uh, had some great professors. I studied with Harriet Shore and Robert Berlin and Judy Bernstein, um, Nancy Davidson. So it was a fantastic experience for me then. Uh huh. And why did you? How did you decide that you wanted to do that as a career? It's just 
which of what I've always done since as early as I can remember. Um, painting was just what I did. So I, I tried, you know, going different routes where you can actually make a living, uh, you know, advertisement and things. And it just, it just wasn't for me. So I really am trying to make my career out of doing what I, it's not even what I love to do. It's just what I feel like I need to do. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's just no question. There's no question. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And it's such a, it's like a blessing and a curse to have that feeling of, I know exactly what I want to do, yeah. but I also know that it's really hard. <laughs> it's, I mean, financially? Like it's, yeah, it's just not a thing financially, right? Thing. I mean, some years are good, you know, but if you put it, I mean, it's not even minimum wage. It's, <laughs> it's, not, a, it's not a livable amount of money. So Exactly. Uh, one day. I feel, <laughs> I feel that way too. I see your beautiful paintings behind you. Yeah. Uh, these small ones here. Um, so I've been trying to, as Jack is getting older and older, I've found myself having more time to work. Um, and I wanted to keep the momentum going. And when I do really big paintings, uh, I, you know, there's some downtime in between starting a next one. So I started doing these two hour paintings, um, probably two hour, I'm calling them two hour paintings because that's all the time that I, <laughs> I have to do them. But <laughs> But it is good to like have a, a time constraint and not overthink things. Uh, so I, yeah, I started doing these and just almost as exercises. But when I put them all together, uh, they they really create an interesting narrative of daily life. They're almost like photographs, you know, of your of things that are important that you might not even realize at the time when you're focusing on them. But putting them together, they're kind of poetic, and I'm enjoying doing them. There's something about that time constraint that motherhood gives you that forces you to be super productive and efficient with your time. Yeah. And I found that before I had kids, I couldn't do that. Like, if I no. didn't have constraints on my time, no. I would just be all over the place. I would too. I would be like, oh, I'm going to go eat some snacks. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to really overthink this painting. <laughs> That is the thing that changed the most in my practice from having a kid. And now he just he just started pre-K New York City Public School, um, and it's giving me eight hours every day all week, which is just kind of mind blowing to me. But I've been taking that whole idea of con time constraint, working when you can, and trying to be super efficient in the studio when given the chance. It's almost that you're so grateful to have that opportunity that you become super productive. Um, so I'm trying not to fall. That's not even trying. I don't think I could go back to the old way, but it's just such an interesting, new, productive way of working. Maybe it's just adult. Maybe it's <laughs> being in the adult well, way. Of I don't think so. I think, I really do think it's like, you know, this this idea gets planted from the very beginning of, I've got to get back for the baby, yeah. right? And then once you finally do have that time, I ran into this last year when I was preparing for an audition. I like carved out two or three hours every day and I have never in my life been that productive. Yeah. Yeah, because I, you know, it's like I have this time, I need to use it or else... I'm not getting it back. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's, um, it makes it really precious. Totally. The time that you have. And it, it changed the way I painted too. And I think for the best, you know, I, I'm not, 
giving myself any time to overthink things. Um, and I'm not giving myself any time for better or worse to mess up. Like there's no mistakes if I'm, and I, I work in, um, in water-based, uh, materials. So it's really hard. Well, I mean, you could paint over it, but there's really no going back into it to, you know, change it around. So it's like everything you do needs to be intentional, right. uh, because you just don't have the time to redo it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that travels over to so many other things in life, but, um, it's made my work really confident, which I'm I'm happy with that outcome of it. You said you're working on a new series or project, Mother Mother Tongue. Is Mother that Tongue. what it is? Yeah, yeah I, I was loosely calling the series Mother Tongue. I'm, uh, you know, back and forth on that. But I started. I was always working when Jack was little, but um, I the work the work really started to change once I started putting it all together or maybe not change, but I started to realize a pattern in it. I always will take um, kind of a metaphorical approach to my work and collecting objects and digging through memories and putting everything together in one uh, in one image. And then once I had about three or four paintings when Jack was after Jack was born, uh, I started to realize that I'm making work about motherhood and my experience as motherhood um, and kind of exploring uh, emotions that are tough, tough ones, so tough ones and beautiful ones and just just really intense emotions um, surrounding surrounding motherhood. Yeah, that is that's the series that I'm working on right now. Um, I'm beginning to think of them more as self-portraits, even though there's no um, no figures in them. Just kind of anthropomorphizing objects and putting them in space, and um, just exploring intense uh, relationships as a mother uh, with myself, with my child, with my husband uh, in the world. Yeah. So when you first started these paintings, you weren't going at it from "I'm going to make paintings about motherhood." I wasn't at all. I feel like there's this this place where you need to um, find, like this this sweet spot of finding your subconsciousness. Um, if it's like I've I've always been able to do it when I go see live music where it's so loud and over, you know, you can just kind of the consciousness kind of fades away and you can dip into this sweet spot of finding things um, or before you go to sleep or maybe when you wake up or so yeah I've been doing that always in my work and then I started to realize that wow I'm really like the first painting that I did I was, realized that it was a painting about growing a life about conception and about um, collecting things and putting things in order all everything I seem to do is about <laughs> putting things in order um, <laughs> trying to make order of things um, <laughs> uh, and then it kind of traveled to doing a painting. Uh, it, it was called Sacred Space, and I realized that that Jack's birth was a was a challenging birth, and I realized that was his birth story. And as I started to realize um, what I was doing, it's become more intentional that that's my purpose in these works. Uh, but it hasn't really changed the mission of them at all. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if it. If I ever, I mean, you're always a mom now, so we'll see if it ever changes. But, yeah. uh, And I go back and forth with talking about if they should be publicly known about motherhood or if, because when I have studio visits, I feel like people really relate to the paintings who aren't parents or who, who they just relate to them in their own narrative. So I don't know. Well, I don't know. We'll mm. see. 
That's really interesting. Like just that you allowed your subconscious to kind of do the work for you and it's become relatable to others, Mm -hmm. even though the subject matter is different. Yeah. That's so important to me. That's really making that connection, that human connection on, on a, not a conversation level, you know, like on a really deep emotional level. Right. Uh, I feel like that's when my work is the most successful. I think it's okay to let it be known that they're about motherhood. Yeah. You know, yeah. with a disclaimer that like, it's art. <laughs> and it I means something art. different to everybody. But yeah. It sounds really interesting. Do you have, um, have you been posting about that work at all yet? Uh, I post the work a lot. um, And the titles are a little ambiguous too. They don't, I don't think if I didn't explain that they're personally my experience about motherhood, it wouldn't be apparent. Um, But yeah, I've been posting the work on my website and on social media. And um, yeah, and I've had some, uh, some press and uh, interviews and things about the work. So I say, let it be known. <laughs> let it be known. I know. I know. I know. You know, but don't we have that? Like, I don't know. I, you know, there's always this, a little apprehension when we're talking about making something about motherhood, even though it really is relatable to everybody. We've all had mothers, right? It's very true. It is true. And um, that, of course, is always in my mind too. Um, but do I want the work to speak on its speak on its own? I don't know. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just gonna be honest and just what is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly. I can't even imagine having eight hours a day. It's insane. I mean, it probably trickles down to two. Really? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but those are two really great hours. Oh man. Um. It's uh, it was such a huge transition because he would go to school like little day school for three hours, a few days a week, um, and that was a get nothing done time. Um, I thought it would I would be able to do work, but it's really not enough time. Uh, and he always had a hard time leaving. He would cry, and it was very emotional. And I would always leave feeling guilty that he was not happy when I left him. So jumping into New York City public school. <laughs> I was like, I'm leaving my child here for, you know, 30 hours a week. How is he going to survive? What's he going to do without me? Like, he's going to be upset every day. And man, he is just this little powerhouse of confidence going into school, doing it. And it really, that really took me by surprise. And really was emotional for me to see him kind of moving on in a way that he never has before. So that took me a little bit of time to like, you know, stop, you know, like to know that it's a good thing and get put my nose back into my work. And so, yeah, and now, and now I'm in the groove and it's fantastic. And I'm so appreciative of this time I get to work in my studio. And and then when you have him back at the end of the day, you can be with him. And I can be with him. And I'm not, I mean, it's a lot, as you know, it's a lot. And there's a lot of emotions involved in the day and a lot of sometimes frustrations. And now it's, now it's pretty good. Like everything's pretty much good when we're together, you know, cause it's, um, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful transition and I'm so happy we're doing this pre-K thing. It's good for him and in us and our whole, it's good for all of us. So. What surprised you the most when you first became a mother in that first year in regards to how you would do your work? 
the first year was all a surprise to me, to be honest, because I was really anticipating being scared and being nervous and being alone and having a baby that didn't sleep and that cried. And much to my surprise, everything was different. And I know that's not everyone's experience, but the first, I would say, nine months of uh, Jack in our lives was the most magical, peaceful, <laughs> well-rested time I've ever had in my whole life. Um, he was a really good sleeper and he was a, such a happy baby and I was so productive. I worked so much. I thought I had this whole thing licked. I was like, this is so easy. <laughs> this is just fine. Um, I was having shows. I had a solo show. I was in a few art shows and everything was so, so great in the beginning. And then uh, when he turned about nine months old, uh, he started walking and everything just started falling. Like all this like magic started uh, kind of falling away because I had this little tiny baby that was walking and, and getting into everything and falling and having to get stitches and then and then running at like 11 months old, <laughs> like just running. Oh, everywhere. my gosh. <laughs> I just. Oh my gosh. I just remember walking around like parenthesis arms for about two years. And that's what I remember after that. It's all a blur. Uh-huh. <laughs> not much was so, getting done in that. No, <laughs> I, <laughs> he hasn't stopped since. He is just go like so determined to just go. Um, everything has been a surprise like the pregnancy the birth everything is a surprise and it's not what I expected and uh for better or for worse um and my in my midwife's office she had a poster that just said surrender and I never wanted to look at that poster but it's the biggest lesson I learned in parenting is that you just need to surrender to whatever is happening um so when he turned a year probably for a year and a half or so, I continued to make work. Um, and I think that was the toughest time for me. And I really um, pulled together this this idea that any downtime I had in the day, like he's, he was a great sleeper at night, but not a good napper. So I would drive him around in the car um, and then have to sit there for an hour. But I, I decided that I would take that time to make a plan, make a studio plan. Um, like we were talking about before, just execute when you get into the studio and not really have so much time to think. Um, so that was what I did during that time. I, I thought a lot, I planned a lot, but I just didn't have the, the hustle to go to openings or, you know, do anything else but try to make work. And now it's getting easier. I would say the past year or so, he's four and a half now. It's easier. It's getting easier all the time. And um, I made him a studio in my studio and we are studio mates and we co-work sometimes. Um, uh, and it's, you know, during that time, that really tough time um, where he was just, just this wild, wild child, um, I was so, I felt so guilty. I wasn't working. And I wish I didn't because it was such a short period of time. It's like you can't see beyond um, that moment ever mm-hmm. when you have a baby. I feel like I could do it more now that he's a little older. But when they're a baby, it's that moment is it forever. <laughs> that is it's where you true. Are. It's true. Uh-huh. And that's what's so heartbreaking about it. It's like 
because you don't know what happens next, yeah, it feels like this must be forever now. Yeah. And that can be really scary. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, So I was really hard on myself and, um, but I shouldn't have been at all because it really, it is so short. Everything is so fast and so short. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in a way, you know, feeling guilty, feeling bad, you could go either way. It could just make you feel worse or you could use it as ammunition to do better, which I feel I went that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, afterwards so I guess you know so, it pushes you in some way yeah so now that he's in school how do you make sure to prioritize your time well it's hard because I didn't realize how involved you need to be in pre-k <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was all gung-ho the first couple of weeks and I was like okay I need to take a step back I need to I need to work <laughs> so, so true <laughs> every day something new and it's so great it's great to be involved and it's so nice to you know be in the classroom um but I have made myself a schedule I kind of push the you know I'm a stay-at-home mom too my husband works a lot so all these you know house things come to me and uh we have a few apartments too so I'm also a super so it's we have a you know, it's a lot of stuff to do, but I push it. I push it to the morning and the evening mm-hmm. um, and make sure I have at least three hours in the day to work, which sound, doesn't sound like a lot, but it's it's a lot. It is. Three hours every day to work has been really fantastic for me, product, productivity-wise and uh, spiritually. It's just really great to be in my studio because there was a time where I wondered if we should, you know, maybe make it into a playroom for a while or something. You know, I wasn't, it was uh, something that just made me sad. Mm. Uh, a space that made me sad. So now it's, uh, it's really great to be back in there. And it's so hard to prioritize your time to, for yourself because you could totally, I could, I could totally go do something. I could go grocery shopping, <laughs> do whatever else, but you have to find the value in your work. And especially if you can find people uh, through studio visits or interviews that your work can speak to, uh, it it's kind of a, a fuel for needing to make work for me, anyways. I I like that human connection mm-hmm. with making work, so it makes me want to make more and be involved more. So yeah, so your studio is in your home. It is, yeah. Yeah. I have a little subterranean lair in Brooklyn. Um, there's no light, but it is so quiet, um, which is such a relief from living here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and um, I don't have a studio upstate either, but I, in the warmer warmer months, just those few months, <laughs> um, I work outside and uh, do a lot of these smaller paintings there. Um and even though I'm not painting as much up there, I feel it's the best place for me to think um, and come up with ideas. And I'm really, really inspired by the mountains and the um, just the spirituality of the of the woods, of deep dark woods. Yeah. Uh, How wonderful to be able to get there so often. It's pretty great. I mean, there's a lot of reality in it too. It sounds great we were like let's get this cheap little cottage it'll be so nice to go up and then you know everything seeps in that you need so much work and there's so much worry and it's a lot uh but we we got it when jack was very little like six months old 
So we did it, did a lot of work on the place in hopes to be here now uh, when he can really enjoy it um, and be through with all the projects and we just wanted to get everything in order for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of working. Things are, it's, it's working, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> for now, it's working. For now. For me, it's just so important to get into nature every once in a while. It just makes such a huge difference. And I bet, especially living in New York City. It's true. We have a nice garden. I love to garden. And we have a small little garden here that's been so beautiful to um to share with Jack and uh, give him a little nature space here. But uh, it's still in Brooklyn and everything is still covered in some black film. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's nice to, it's so nice to to get upstate and just, you know, he, the house we have is on a hill and he learned to run down a hill, you know, as a year old or so and tumble into the wet, grass and uh, run around with our dog and run through the woods naked and he just it's just so important for him and uh for me to see him have that he has such a affinity for nature too now even at such a young age um and a respect for nature which is really important to me too Mm -hmm. that he knows that from a young age so yeah it's a very special place up there in general yeah i i want to hear a little bit more about those two years that you said were really tough. Can you just speak a little bit more as to what made it so hard for you? Yeah, well, it was me and Jack. It was the two of us. Uh, My husband works, you know, he works long hours. Um, He's very involved. I mean, on the weekends, I would just kind of peace out and go (laughs) try to go to the studio and hand over. Um, But it was hard. It's so... like I said earlier, we've been together literally for 20 years, um, and I'm just turning 40 this year. Um, so we have, we're really solid. We're really good together, but it's really hard. On it was hard on our relationship. Just this constant like handing off, like constant this hovering. Uh, don't put that in your mouth. Why are you eating? <laughs> Where are you? Running away. He always runs away. <laughs> <laughs> It was so much uh, just always looking over your shoulder, always having to think, is he okay? Um, he was, he's, he's getting better, <laughs> but it was never, you know, he's just always excited by something and doing something wild or standing on something um, and I'm running to him and it's just, it was so exhausting. We had time to say hi and bye and go to sleep and, it was just kind of a blur of those years. Uh, we decided to put him in a little play school for, like I said, for I think it was nine hours a week. And um, it was great for him. It was really good for him. And it was nice for me to be able to like take a walk or do something, just clear my head for a second. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was hard to not have your own mind just just to be constantly taken over. And then not know what the future is. Like, is this always going to be like this? Am I always, you know, I, of course you're always going to worry and you're always going to, you know, but I just couldn't see, you know, 
I couldn't see, I was, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to say what did we do because, you know, this it was fantastic as well, but it was really like, this is hard. It was really hard for us, especially coming from a, such a glorious start and thinking that this is the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, hard and we don't have family close by. So it was really just James and myself and, and Jack and, uh, and a, and a dog. We decided to put a puppy in. <laughs> <laughs> this is really hard. Let's make it a little Let's harder. Make it a little. How do we make it harder? <laughs> Get a puppy. <laughs> oh, man. That's the story of our lives. Like, finally, finally. Like, okay, let's not do something. That, like, once everything gets really good, we will just be like, let's, let's put this on top of it. <laughs> we could do that. Like, Uh, that's kind of the way we decided to have a kid really because we never thought about having children we we were just living our best lives and doing music and art and um and then one day we're like hey like it's kind of now or never and then we and then we just did it and then jack came (laughs) (laughs) you know kind of like daring each other yeah so what does your husband do uh, he's a surveyor. He okay. is a yeah. He's a surveyor in the daytime, and he's a musician uh, afterwards. So okay, what does he yeah. play? Uh, he plays a lot of things, mostly guitar, but uh, he's very into um, electronic synthesizer type things also, and building them himself too. Oh, so. cool! Yeah, he has a studio next door, and and he makes a lot of noise. And we always thought that would be trouble, but then we had a kid, and neither of us could ever be doing it. <laughs> same time anyway so it's not a uh, problem <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so. what are you um what are you most looking forward to in the future with your work and in your family um this I mean I'm I'm kind of really into this right now <laughs> like getting into school and um getting back to work I suppose having more opportunities with my work and having seen what my efforts in this new series can um, culminate into um, and maybe heading to the mountains and we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to life being easier and more artistic, mm-hmm. focused, artistically focused. And we'll see. We'll see if we get there. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud to be where we're at. Because I feel like we worked really hard the past few years. Um, Yeah, it must feel so good to be like, okay. We're here. We're here. (laughs) We made it. (laughs) How we did it, I have no idea. It it really smacked me in the face. The first day I dropped him off at school and he just kind of walked away and was like, bye. And I was expecting tears. I was expecting all this. And then I was the one that had the tears. And then the whole past four years just smacked me in the face what happened like yeah. what it just happened where like oh my gosh what just happened do you have that sense of like I should have appreciated it while I had it or do you feel like I had to go through all that to get here I feel like I had to go through it to get here yeah I uh I did appreciate it I mean I'm talking so much about like the stress of it but I appreciated sure. it so so much also he's a fantastic boy and we have a lot of fun together um but I feel like the you know the whole journey of it and appreciating the steps and the journey to get where you are is very important too. So. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. Um, I've always appreciated experiences, which is, I think, why I, why I make the work that I do, um, you know, collecting experiences and work and uh, ideas and things and, yeah. Awesome. So one last question. What advice do you have for other mother makers? Well, to find your community, find a community early on, not an art community or whatever your old community was, just any community of new mothers. Maybe in your past life, you would not get along with this person or you wouldn't have the same interests, but there's something so fantastic to meeting new moms uh, who just went through the same experience you did and building a community of people that you could text in the middle of the night because you know they're up to you and wondering what does your baby have this weird rash or like what's going on is your baby doing this or that was so important for me and it was something I did not think that I wanted at all I didn't want to be you know these mommy groups or any of that and I guess I wasn't really uh in a lot of the groups I was early and then I met people and and they're just really special friends and quick friends too, people that you can really relate to like in no other way in another situation. Um, so find your community and also be kind to yourself. I, the, my only regret in the past few years is not being, uh, giving myself a break and not realizing that I was raising a child, like what it actually means to raise a child and just not to be so hard on yourself. Uh, if you're not making work the way you used to, because it is such a short period of time and you'll be back and better, I think. Mm. But it's hard to, um, it's hard to realize that in the time. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful sharing my experiences. So that's it for this episode of the Mothermaker podcast. We do publish all of our interviews in text form as well. So to read Melissa Murray's interview or send it to a friend, visit mothermaker.co slash interviews slash Melissa dash Murray. You'll also find photographs of Melissa's work, her family, and links to her website and her Instagram account. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter or send me an email with your feedback. You can always connect with me on Instagram or Facebook as well. This podcast is produced and edited by me, Emma Coy. Our web designer and developer is my husband, Jason Coy, and our text editor is my dear friend, Alyssa Zimmerman Exley. Our music is by David Hillowitz, and our brilliant safety pin letter M logo was designed by Matthew Fleming. Until next time, keep making work, mother makers. Thanks for listening.